Coming down the ladder now. Okay, I just checked uh, getting back up to that first step. Roger, we copy. Pretty good little jump. TC and Jake. Got a new thing for you. What's up? Rockets. Rockets, yeah. Been getting into rockets. Yeah, well, unfortunately, NASA has been uh, not really getting into rockets. It's incidental. You know that the actual flow of events has really nothing to do with what's going on in my entirely decoupled from the rest of reality life. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, no, it's it's just in uh, one of the like big set pieces in Koyaanisqatsi, the, oh, uh, the masterwork of famed director <laughs> Godfrey Reggio. Uh, one of the first shots is uh, Apollo 11 going up, and uh, like the last thing is like the fucking most badass ominous music. Uh, just uh, as the fucking it's a uh, it's a rocket test. It's the Atlas Centaur rocket test, where uh, everything's going all right for a little bit. And then it stops going all right. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be kind of uh, the M.O. of rockets. <laughs> well, a lot of times it keeps going all right. But a good amount of the times it does stop going all right. And, like, it's just, you know, it's this fucking beautiful model, you know, marvel of modern science. Fucking falling through the air is just fucking the most, like, uh, terrifying keyboards you've ever heard, like, playing in the background. It's really dope. Uh, and so I was like, it just, it opened my eyes to, and I mean, this is, this goes right hand in hand with the Lookout Mountain Laboratory stuff. We do have really quality, extremely high frame rate footage of all of the, the you know, various uh, modern scientific breakthroughs of the 60s. And so now I'm just going down a YouTube rabbit hole of watching all the various rockets, the ones that are doing good, and the ones that are doing bad. There's another Atlas Centaur test from I think the one that we that's in the movie is 65. There's one from 1962 where uh, it goes up like a tiny little bit mm. and then it just comes back down. And it's in uh, like it just the the way that they put the clip on YouTube. Uh, it's they include like a lot of the front end, which is wonderful. It just builds a tone, you know. And this one they don't even put the music. It's not in the documentary. It's just fucking a clip on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's great. And then just seeing a slow motion fucking explosion coming for you. And then the film fucking dissolves. Like it, it's great stuff. Was it manned? No, 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 no. All the Atlas Centaur, they were just, you know, I think it was just popular. There was a full crew of Centaurs. (laughs) That's right. That's how we lost them. That's how we lost the Centaurs. Uh, no, I, the, I was reading about the Wikipedia, the surveyor, uh, probe or whatever. I think it was an unmanned. Like, if the rockets had worked, they were going to be used to launch unmanned objects. So, no big deal that uh, we blew up like ten of them bitches. Yeah, but no yeah, big deal. The taxpayers are stoked. Yeah, whatever. Dude. We got it. What would you rather go to? Fucking enriching Trump's cronies. Love cronies. No, I don't, don't hear cronies, cronies enough. So I'm going to take the under on this September 19th launch for Artemis. The under? Well, this would be like the third time. Wouldn't you want the over then? 
Well, like you no, don't I just think mean, they're going to hit I, September I'm gonna take, 19th. Well, I'm going to take, well, they have to wait to the 19th. Yeah, okay. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm going to take the, the under on a success. All right, yeah. Yeah. So the over on the actual day of launch. Yeah, and I, I think they might actually just scrap it after that. I only know about really? this because Dan got real excited about it. Yeah, no, I, me about I'm it. a I'm little like, excited about it. This isn't going to work. And then over the weekend, they tried it again, and uh, it didn't work. It's just, is it just weather? Uh, no. What's, what's uh, the not working? Let's see. But the, they didn't try. They didn't, they didn't alpha centaur this bitch. The August they? 29th one was canceled due to a faulty reading on a redundant sensor. But it's redundant. Why didn't you just roll the dice? Yeah. Uh, September 3rd, scrub due to a hydrogen leak. That sounds. That, well, that's <laughs> a little, I paused Dicey. the hydrogen leak. Yeah. Yeah. You want all your hydrogen in place is my understanding. Yeah, I don't think you want a leak of any sort, but a hydrogen leak. Yeah, I was uh, I, the the next place that it led me to was uh, trying to answer for myself, and I'm still in a midpoint to this journey. Was Werner von Braun uh, kind of Nazi, or was he was he really a fucking Nazi? Is he a rocket guy? He's Werner von Braun, a rocket. Jesus Christ, dude! What I don't know who that do? is. Why would I know who that is? Because uh, you've seen October Sky, duh. I don't know what that is either. Uh, Werner von, it's the start of Jake Gyllenhaal's career. There's a guy named Jake that kind of looks like you. You don't want to follow <laughs> his career? I've not, I've not seen that movie. Dude, it's a great movie. I, I saw it as a kid and like as a kid who fucking, you know, uh, it's, it's about the triumph of the nerds. And, you know, as a nerd, I was like, hell yeah. Like, let's go. <laughs> we, we do need the triumph. So this is before Donnie Darko? Yeah, yeah. He's like nine or something. I don't know. Okay. He's, it's middle school. Yeah, boy, I got, as I'm sure a lot of you did, I got walloped over the past few days with uh, just the realization that I am as disconnected from pop culture as I've ever been in my life. I assume mad, that yeah. uh, Olivia Wilde sparked this for you. Just got nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, got, I got nothing. Uh, we talked Shia a week ago, and I yeah. thought, well, we're done with this for a while. No, no, and no. Somehow no, no. he's tangentially related. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't really know how. Uh, I, I, can, I can lay it all out for you if you want. Okay. It doesn't sound like you really want Well, no. I mean, if you can do it concisely because I've been like searching this and then whatever this is, like I come up with a couple words, explained. And most of the articles seem to be starting at a point where I'm like, whoa, 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 no, whoa, further back. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the uh, the NFL summation? Uh, like so Yeah, this? but I didn't even okay. understand. Okay. Yeah. That, that didn't do it for you? Yeah, no, even that was confusing to me. Yeah, okay. So Olivia Wilde is a person who's – she's an actress. Now she's doing directing. She used to be married to Jason Sudeikis. That's right. That's a key fact here. Okay. I always have to remind myself uh, she is not the – whenever I think of her, I think of, oh, the one with Aaron Rodgers. And I have to remind myself it's a different Olivia. Same here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. So, too many Olivias, too many Chris's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, she was married to Sudeikis, got divorced from Sudeikis, was directing this movie, and in the course of directing the movie, decides she's going to start sleeping with the lead actor in the movie, Harry Styles, which may throw you a bit of a curveball, because I didn't even know he was an actor. Yeah, I think this might be his first movie. Uh, no. He is in the Christopher Nolan World War something movie. World War, you don't, there's only two of them, dude. Well, I can't remember if that, if Tenant's about World War One or, no, it's not Tenant, is it? No, no, that's not Harry Styles. That's Robert Pattinson. I'm pretty sure Harry Dunkirk. Dunkirk. He's in Dun. Yeah, he is in Dunkirk. Okay, right, so right, that right, that right, movie right. 
I remember being a big deal at the time. The only bad Christopher Nolan movie he is in it. Never saw it. Well, it's not my favorite. I remember that. I hope to one day understand. I like I understand it, but like whatever is going on there, I'm sh- I'm sure. Like I know that Christopher Nolan, like in a dis- in a disagreement between me and Chris Nolan, I'm siding with Chris. So like I'm sure that he's right. But I don't get it yet. It looks like it sucks to me. See, I thought you were going to say uh, that may be shocking news to you, not because he's an actor, but because I've never considered him uh, being intimate with a woman. That's a fine point. I yeah, didn't know that yeah, either. Yep, you know, yep. I guess he's a he's a fluid type. Yeah, suppose, it seems like is, the definition of fluid. Exactly. In order to be flu- like, I mean, I'm into him. <laughs> it's not exotic at all to be gay at this point. Right. You know, and, and he is most definitely sexually exotic. Yes. Look at those collars. I'm I hate it. those fucking collars. I hate the way they make me feel. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate the way they look. They're dumb, dude. So, and she's got to have slant. a decade on. on him. At least. Okay, so she starts hooking up with him while she's directing this movie. Yes. She was already out of the relationship with uh, the I devil? I think so. I think so. Uh, and where I really, like, you know, whenever I'm just... Because the, the way that I first caught wind of any of this was... She had like a big interview. I think it was in Variety that uh, it came up while uh, George and I are somewhere between Las Vegas and Sedona, and we got some time. So I'm just going to read the article on my phone as we're going through and just kind of you know give him the the highlights as he's driving. And uh, I'm starting from like you know, woman says man is bad, and I'm like, well, it checks out, right? Yep. You know, I I can believe it. Uh, but then I'm reading about like why man is bad. Cause like the, I think the big poll quote was, uh, there's a reason the relationship ended, you know, it's one of those ominous statements. Right. Um, and, uh, the, that I found, I come to find what she's talking about there is that she got served with the divorce papers during uh, press junket for the thing. Like she's I heard about, about that. to walk on stage. I believe I heard about that from Gordon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, I guess, maybe, I would give it a 5% chance or less that he had anything at all to do with the planning. Like, if you're involved in the lawsuit, you don't talk to the process server. Yeah, I believe the reporting that at least Gordon had at the time was that that's just when it happened. And like... that, that And maybe that guy was trying to get a little funny business and stunt on somebody, but then maybe. it wasn't... You know, planned uh, like that. Usually why they do that is because the person's being difficult to serve. Right. And you know where they're going to be at that particular time. Yeah. Like yeah. if you just like answer the door when they show up at your house, like done and done. Right. Um, you know, not to blame. I mean, I'm not even sure victim, but like, you know, whatever. Not. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not great. You know, and like she raised the point of like this is supposed to be like a like everyone there had to be COVID tested and there was like tight security and this guy just fucking walked in. Like, it, that's probably not. That part's weird. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. But also uh, a second point that has nothing to do with Jason Sudeikis. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think – I'm sorry that she had to go through that. I mean that sincerely. Uh, I do have some resentment towards her just because I keep on thinking that she dated Aaron Rodgers and I don't like him. <laughs> but we're all trying to work past that. I understand that that's not her fault. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's the basis for her being like, Sudeikis, what a piece of shit. And I'm sure that like, she, she probably thinks that he did that because she has other experiences and just the, the, re, the you know, despite like, 
it doesn't matter whether or not those are in the public record. They still happen. And like, I, I won't begrudge her. Yeah. You know, like I'm sure she's got reasons to think that. And like, that's fine. But her actual evidence here is uh fucking shitty as hell. And so she's like, yeah, dude, Sudeikis sucks. I'm going to fuck Harry all day. Ooh. And uh, the rest of the people on the cast are like, yeah, I like the Met, Jason. This is weird for me. Yeah. And uh, I think that my understanding, and I don't believe that anyone has said anything directly about this, but my understanding is that like Florence is is most prominently writing for this. Is she on your radar? You know who Florence Pugh is? Uh, not until 36 hours ago. So you haven't seen Midsummer? I have not. And in fact, you know, uh, as a complete culture vo- uh, vulture, mm-hmm. um, I have identified primarily with Black Twitter's response to this entire story. Mm-hmm. Which is? Um, I don't know any of these people. Yeah. And one of uh, the tweets that was from the subset of that was, so this is not the lady from Florence in the Machine. <laughs> and um, I identified with that fully. <laughs> I would I would love to have all of Black Twitter watch Midsummer and get their reaction, and I would love for you to watch Midsummer and get your reaction. It's a it's a fucking banger. So she's <laughs> from start to finish. I, by the time you're done with the movie, you forget how it starts. But boy, that start <laughs> it's something else. Okay, well, is it like uh, I don't want to give anything away. It's just it, it's a fucked up movie. Who it's, plays Puck? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I think that's Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. That was not as bad as you're acting like it was. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm not with your Shakespeare jokes, you fucking loser. <laughs> Anyways, so she's an actress that I've never really heard of, but she's... She's been in a number of things. She really took off after that, and she was having a decent little career before that. But yeah, I, I, I'm always, always to identify her as the, the Midsummer girl because okay. it's an unforgettable film. Okay. Um... And so, uh, so yeah, she, she's, I think at this point, like most, like, you know, this is all just like the, the press tour. So she's done the movie and I, you know, you wonder if like, uh, things didn't go great with the directing experience because this is where Shia comes in. Uh, also in the interview where she's saying like Sudeikis is an asshole because I got served with divorce papers. Um, she says like, uh, she, she's pretty much saying like, yeah, we had to fire Shia and Shia's like, uh, listen, he, he released the letter, all of it. It's just so fucking shy. I just love it so much. Uh, it, it's, it's fully capturing his entire spirit. Like the first, like three fourths of the letter are like every morning when I wake up, I pray for you, your family, your loved ones and the success of this film. I mean that earnestly it's on my heart, but you know, I didn't get fired. Like, uh, in, he's got receipts. Like, he, he like, uh, fucking published a video that she, um, a video message she sent to him. So she's just driving in her car. I've, I clicked on that a couple of days ago. It was like Easter baskets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know what this is. I'm probably never going to know. Like, so Shy is saying that it was essentially mutual, but also like, like that he had a big part in the decision. Like, that, that it was kind of like, they were sort of trying to feel each other out of he was sort of like, this is how I want to make the movie. And she's like, this is how I want to make the movie. And he's like, I, you know, I'm not sure if that's working and I don't really want to capitulate on it. And so if I, if I'm not capitulating, then, and you want to go another direction, I get that. And she, uh, you know, kind of like sends this as like a last ditch, you know, please stay. Yeah. Like let's, let's work it out. Let's just fuck around and see what happens. 
And so, you know, it's proof that it's not her being like, we hate these allegations. You're out. Right. You know, which is no one wants to be caught in public. I'm, I'm America's bravest man. No one wants to be caught in public saying known fucking terrible abuser Shia LaBeouf is anything other than an irredeemable fucking bound for hell piece of shit. Uh, least of all, Olivia Wilde. Like, do you know what that would do for her at dinner parties? If she's caught in public just being like, Shia's all right. So uh, she's making sure the Variety interview properly reflects this. And he's got proof that that's just not how she acted in private. So what were the allegations that he was mean to Florence and the Machine? Uh, Shia? Yeah. As far as I know, he's never met Florence Pugh. Okay. He, uh, have you, you saw Honey Boy, right? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, so you're mad at me for being misled about a movie you didn't even fulfill your commitment to see? That's exactly right. Seems unfair. I saw Peanut Butter Falcon. That's a different movie. But I liked it. I haven't seen it. I don't, I don't know. I guess, I know you've recommended it before. I'll probably see it at some point. It's quite good. So, uh... In the movie, she played like he and his dad live in a fucking rundown motel, and uh, she and I think I, it's been probably a year since I've seen it, but I will. I started to watch it again. I watched like the first five minutes this week. I'm going to see it again soon, uh, and then maybe I'll make it a double feature with Peanut Butter Falcon. Just really feel all my feelings. Uh, but also living in that motel, I don't know if it's like her mom or like an older, I think it's just like another, I th- they're, they're basically like hookers, like they're, they're doing hooker stuff in this motel. Yeah. Uh, but she, uh, you know, kind of like befriends him or whatever, just, she's an actor in the movie. Uh, it's FK Twigs. Uh, and so he and Twigs like the, began a relationship based on that. And then she, uh, gave an interview to the New York Times where she detailed extensively the way that he treated her during that relationship. I have read that. Very, very, very bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I I finished uh, listening to him talk with uh, Bishop Barron (laughs) on uh, on my way over here. And uh, it's very interesting. Like, he he just... I'm looking forward to now queuing up the Bernthal one because I think that he talks about it more. But... uh, because most of the time he's just talking about Catholicism with the bishop. Um, but uh, he talks, he's like, you know, whatever this all broke, I just wanted to like curse this woman in public. But like now I consider her a saint in my life for causing this perspective shift. I don't know. It's just very like, I, I can identify with that, right? Like I've, I've never choked anyone. <laughs> like I've never come close, but like I've certainly been mad at <laughs> relationship partners in my life. And like, you, you know, you, you know those parts of yourself and you don't like them. And like, you know, whatever you're in them, it's like, yeah, the the per, the other person, like they just make you so mad. Regardless, and like, but, but for a reason, like, you know the reason, you know what I mean? Like, and once you get outside of yourself, you should realize that like there, sh- there should be no reason ever for you to like be that mad and like act that way. You know what I mean? Uh, but like whenever you're in it, like you got a list, you know, and you just want to fucking run. Like you guys know about this fucking list. You're saying she's a sympathetic figure, but like, you know, uh, then you, you just, if you do have the opportunity to get outside of that, like life's just much more peaceful and better outside of that. And so it's, it's wonderful. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so Olivia, you know, looks bad because she's fucking uh, saying nice stuff about Shy in that video. But in the video, she says uh, something like, uh, that might be a nice wake-up call for Miss Flo. 
So I don't know if a lot of people in Florence Pugh's life call her Miss Flo, but it seems somewhat disrespectful to me. And if I ever saw someone else talking with a third party that I wasn't there about me needing a wake up call, I think I would, I would feel a little prickly about that. Especially if they called you Mr. Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you said uh, Mr. Tom needs a wake, a wake up call. wake up call for Mr. Tommy. Not loving that. <laughs> Not loving that at all. Uh, so yeah, so Florence is now announced. I don't know if she announced, but whatever. The news is out. She's not going to the premiere. Oh the no, York, the New York premiere. She's she's got some other stuff to do. No. Uh, but then yeah, I, I don't think that Harry did spit at Chris. I think Chris is just doing his best to keep his head down. You know that uh, Nick Kroll's dad is a billionaire. I did know that. I didn't. I learned it recently because I read a BuzzFeed article on celebrities' parents who are rich. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's not like a director, so it's not straight nepotism, but still. It's like a security company or something, right? Yeah, like, I read the Wikipedia page and I don't really understand it. What, give me the highlights. Jules Kroll. Crawling. <laughs> God damn, dude. Like, the, I'm definitely being watched by Kroll Inc. Kroll right Inc. Now, I guarantee you. Kroll that. Inc. sounds like somebody who would be a thorn in the side of the Looney Tunes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Kroll is an American corporate investigation and risk consulting firm. There you go. I don't even know what that means. Invest. I mean, like, basically fucking PI for, for big money. companies. Like, risk. Yeah. Like, the risk is, like, does this guy have a mistress he might tell shit to? You know? Like, does he go to strip clubs a lot? Like, that's the kind of risk they're assessing, you know, and like, they don't want to be like, we're the guys that hang out at strip club. I mean, I don't know, you know, at the point, it's like a big company like that. I don't fucking know what their methods are, but I, I would probably assume that it's just they employ a lot of like, I, I don't know if I'm surely enough time has passed. I'm allowed to talk about this. I might have talked about it before. I don't remember. I don't remember much. Uh, but have we ever discussed on the podcast the time that I mess, I met with a risk assessment guy? No, I don't think so. So uh, I want to keep this anonymous, but like I've only worked for one campaign, so I guess it'll oh, be obvious enough. I think you told me about it. I don't believe it ever came up on the podcast. Yeah, whatever. You do a whole I, oppo. Whenever I was doing uh, campaign stuff, and uh, we went to the runoff, uh, one of the people who had not made the runoff was in the process of working on some oppo for uh, the the other person that did make the runoff. And uh, they, uh, you know, just kind of wanted to be like, hey, we're not done with this. We don't have it nailed down, but here's what we've got. If you can nail it down, then, you know, go with God. Uh, you know, we're, we're all pulling for you. Uh, and so uh, the, the way that that happened, though, is like I had a fucking lunch with a guy who was like definitely a fixer. Like he was full on fucking Michael Mike. Clayton. Oh, okay. I was going to go Airman Trout. A little bit. But I mean, he was he was a lawyer. Like, okay. Uh, they, they said, like, can you meet with, like, one of the other campaign's lawyers? And I'm like, I'm like looking around our campaign, like, all of these people are lawyers, but they're not the campaign's lawyer. Like, right. they can't, like, what would that even, uh, like, I'm just very confused about what exactly a lawyer would do on a campaign. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> Michael Clayton, also technically a lawyer. Uh, you know, but hasn't been in a courtroom in a while. Uh, yeah. And so I, I, at the end of the, at the end of the lunch, I was just kind of like, you know, he'd given me all the info. I had everything that I was supposed to get. Uh, you know, so like if I look like a fucking, uh, dewy eyed newbie, uh, it's, it's not going to cost us anything. So I'm, as we're like walking away, I'm something like, 
it's your job pretty cool, huh, man? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, I just started doing this as a favor. It's usually, and he was saying, it's usually for corporations. Like, he's like, you know, fucking finding the embezzlers than like, uh, you know, handling this outside the law. Some of the largest groups in this industry were now looking at the risk and strategic consulting Wikipedia page include, of course, Kroll Inc. Mm-hmm. The uh, big and, player. And Control Risks Group. Though the size and range of consultancies, uh, consultancies varies widely with such groups as Hacklight and Company and Black Cube. Oh, boy. Yeah. Black Cube. <laughs> I don't want to be looked into by Black Cube. Black Cube is a private corporate intelligence company based in London, Tel Aviv, and Madrid. Yeah. And they drew widespread condemnation for its work surveilling and assisting with efforts to slander the reputation of women accusing Harvey Weinstein. That's right. That's right. I, I remember knew that this now. Familiar yeah, to yeah, me yeah, whenever yeah, yeah. The IDF agents clicked, that yes. were fucking uh, investigating the reporters. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all Black Cube. Yeah. Classic Black Cube shit. Yeah. IDF. It sounded like you said IVF. That would be weird. Maybe both. IVF agents. They Maybe come both. around and just precisely shoot you with calm. That's a different sort of agent than the IDF. I bet that the IDF would use IVF if they had to. Did we ever talk about Elon? No. I the, mean, in the history of the podcast, have we mentioned him? Yes. That those twins from the Neuralink lady are conceived by IVF. That's insane. It's 10 times weirder than being like, yeah, I just have sex with 10 women in a year and knock them all up. It's 10. It's yeah. orders of magnitude stranger. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I mean that is crazy. Like it's I very dystopian. I love it because it, it feels like a new chapter in human history. It does. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever done it before. Like rich guy has transcended sexuality, but just loves populating. Uh, I was uh, I told you this, but we hadn't started recording yet. I'm I'm midway through uh, Joe Rogan and Tim Dillon, and uh, Joe very offhand is like. Yeah, that's what Elon told me. Uh, he, they were talking. Well, oh, Tim, I think, was worried about overpopulation. And uh, Joe was like, oh, I'm actually ready for this one. Uh, Elon told me that in urban societies, the birth rate starts to decline. So he's trying to have as many kids as possible. And just says it in like, a, you know, of course. But like, uh, now that you're telling me, it's actually he's got a mistress who he's fucking inseminating with twins uh that, that feels weirder than just yeah. being like well you know i mean honestly to be like i'm going to make my family choices based on the national birth rate is fucking weird yeah but um he's walking around looking at graphs and saying i'm gonna put the team on my back though yeah i'm, I'm sure that none <laughs> of them are gonna turn out to be serial killers super normal that'd be a great story yeah if an elon musk kid ends up i mean with- statistically what just meaning like if you've got seven kids, well, you're, you're he, certainly increasing. He's got more than seven already. It doesn't sound I don't like even he's know the list. I think he's at nine. Really? And you check what it says because here's a little. This will bring the room down a bit. But uh, the first one, I do know that he lost a kid. Yeah, like three months in. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it says Tough ten. Stuff. I don't know if they're counting that one or not. I always wonder, like. I don't know. He he does like most of his public stuff. He just seems like one of the dumbest guys. Uh, so I I don't know that I ever like like he's he's not a shy like figure for me. <laughs> uh, but there is a lot of that that like 
you know, I, I would love to understand the ways in which fucking being raised in the middle of apartheid uh, would affect a person and having a fucking your firstborn die at three months. Like, and having your dad uh, marry your stepsister. Yeah. That'd yeah, be weird, too. Yeah. Get her pregnant. And that would be very weird. He like seems it, more stoked on having kids than Alec Baldwin does currently. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the clip? I forgot to grab the, the audio for of, you. Of uh, number three? Oh, yeah. And he's yeah, like, well, if you think guy. he's uh, beaten at seven, he wasn't exactly <laughs> stoked at three. He was, he was flat done and he said so. <laughs> and now it's double that plus one. <laughs> Dude, like, what I'd like to go doing? to the cinema. What it, in what world would you be Alec Baldwin? Like, if I made Hunt for Red October, there is zero fucking chance that a woman would run my life. To this, like, you know, no offense. Like, it's in taken a certain way, a misogynistic comment that I just made. Uh, but I, how a about partner. just a person? Yeah, yeah. Just, no one is dictating to me. Like, uh, you know, so you don't want the four kids? Well, you're getting seven. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Like, I, I don't wish that on anyone, man yeah. or woman. You it's, know, like, we should agree on these things. It's wild, too, if you just consider, like, the recent history of Alec Baldwin. Like, he accidentally killed somebody, and he's more torn up about the fact he has seven <laughs> kids. <laughs> like, you think that the former would be on your mind, like, all the time. Yeah, Rogan's, like, oh, man, Rogan's just, got some questions about that, too. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. How did he manage to be bad at Trump? <laughs> uh, like, I'm, that's like Arnold, right? Yeah. I. It's not my thing. Like, it's more like the content uh, is it's it's for through like Alec Baldwin, the SNL writer's political perspective, which yeah. is uh, not my favorite. No. But like the actual impersonation, like he, he does like look and talk like him. Like uh, from an acting standpoint, he's doing fine. I mean, I guess I'm I'm thinking of James Austin Johnson well, yeah, and dude. Dan Gordon. Yeah. Two of the most gifted of all time. That's true. It just seems like almost anybody can like Shane Gillis's Trump is not like exceptional, but it's so much better than Alec Baldwin's. In ways, in ways it is, but in ways it's not. Like I would say that Shane Gillis is good in the ways that I just flagged uh, Alex as being bad, but like in the ways that I flagged Alex as being good, it's better than Shane's. I think Shane would say that. I'm just glad they moved on from that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, especially since I'm you're the one that wants him back. The second he takes that chair again, this is all that's going to be on SNL. Oh my god, they're going to have to get Kate McKinnon on a piano again. Absolutely. Who I think somebody uh <laughs> I saw a really funny tweet the other day again because all of life is just news and cultural mad libs. It was like <laughs> Rob Schneider tells Glenn Beck Kate McKinnon opening performance after election was quote lowest moment in show's history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I saw Bro, it was just a lot going on in that <laughs> that entire I was on lead. a bit of a heater. He yeah. he doesn't he doesn't like some of the things they've done recently. <laughs> Which, you know, some hits and some misses. Um, I, uh, I got, you know, we're half hour in. I, I got a big story and like a medium-sized story. I got just, just got some things to tell you that I've been researching in my personal time. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I, I do want everyone to uh, like uh, participate with me in this race against time, this high-stakes race against time. Will someone find me a job before I get to the final boss? And I'm not trying to make a beeline to the final boss. I'm doing all the side quests. Right. But uh, I think that we all see the final boss. Like, 
What is the day when TC starts his investigation of 9-11? A <laughs> <laughs> <With> little ketamine. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dive I, off into the 9-11 files. Yes. The fucking line next to me, the fucking Wikipedia page in front of me, just start going in. Yeah. It's not today. I'm not trying to rush it, you know, but but we'll <laughs> will I uh end up employed before I can get there. It's uh it's a fun fun little game that we're all playing. Um but no, that that's not uh that's not where I am now. Uh I don't know. Yeah, dude, I we got a half hour. I'll I'll I'll, yeah, I'll go in good. with the uh, the big one. Um You don't want to talk about Jack Cohn? Is he doing good? Who's their quarterback now? Tyler Buckner. Oh, I swear I saw Jack Cohn ended up in the NFL, didn't he? Yeah. That's right. Probably in the Super Bowl. I'm just really excited for uh <laughs> I'm really excited for Lloyd Carr's grandson. Dude, every single day I want I'm not talking to you. I don't want to talk to you. I'm talking <laughs> to the listener. Every time I like like if I'm just like, hey dude, Dak threw a good pass. The only thing I get back from Jake, and this is uh, 20, 30 million times in my life. Dude, I'll do this to you during Notre Dame. <laughs> this man has claimed over and over and over that That's he true. doesn't send me anything challenging during Notre Dame games. Like, as Ohio State's taking the lead, can they get CJ uh, or can they get uh, Lloyd Carr's grandson to play now? I believed in them. It felt like if they hung around, they could take that game in the fourth quarter. There it was a felt chance. like it was there. On both of those, uh, on the big drives, I mean, Couple bad calls. Yeah, well, just the the start of the the one, like they got Stroud dead to rights. They got a hard rush on him. The, all the receivers are blanketed, and he just makes a play. Like, what are you going to do? You know, like there's no. It's not like fucking Alabama could have defended that. Like, what would they do? Have a good rush on and have all the fucking receivers blanketed? Already done. Yeah, it's on a tough. third down, should have got off the field then. Uh, okay, but, sorry. You know, whatever. Like, yeah, that it's just a bummer because like I try to. I want you bummer. to be happy. And I feel like I've <laughs> that OPI, like obviously an egregious OPI, but like if if that doesn't happen, like if he just lets them go, and I, I don't think that the corners really get into that ball. I think it's kind of overthrown. So uh, you know, if he just lets them go and like that they score on that drive, can they then hold it? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I would say obviously Ohio State's better, but not so much better that there's no question. Like I it's just the thing that uh that just He's going to gall me for the rest of the time is we held them to 21 points. Like it's that's, insane. That's the hard part. Insane. You do the hard part and you don't get the win. That's like, tough. That, that fucking blows. Okay. Sorry. I distracted you. Um, no. Uh, I just want to tell you about uh, uh, the contest that Pepsi had in the Philippines in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, uh, this doesn't in any way relate to their Navy. No, 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 no. Although a lot I was, of Pepsi content. I was trying to uh, catch back up on Pepsi's Navy, and there's there's a lot of disputes about the details. Don't tell me that. Well, like, Pepsi definitely, like, there was a time that a Pepsi exec said to George W. Bush, we're disarming them faster than you are. So, like, that, that's all, you know, well and good. But uh, I think that the USSR fell apart before they could really actually transfer over the, the ships. physical vessels. Okay, that's unfortunate. I was yeah. hoping there were like actual a fleet in the ocean that was. I don't like think a, Lieutenant Pepsi ever a, a like Pepsi wrap on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know that that happened. Uh, but you know, they they paid their debts in some form or fashion. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, Pepsi trying to do battle with Coke. And uh, they're, they're getting largely walloped in the Philippines and across the world. So uh, there's a guy who's from Chile, uh, but is working for Pepsi in New York, who <laughs> looks at the Philippines and says, I've got a good idea. Like all of this stuff, I don't, you know, just globalization has some consequences. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of times it involves South or Central America. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, <laughs> this guy, they, they start this, uh, it's called a uh, number fever. So they start number fever in Latin America. I think they might've done it here. Uh, but they, they really, it, it, it takes hold in the Philippines. Okay. Um, and what it is, is just every bottle of Pepsi that's sold has a prize under the cap and then a number. And every night on the news, Pepsi is paid for the fucking news that all of the Philippines gets, uh, to read off the Pepsi number. And so if they read your number, you get the prize that's listed. And uh, the prize is 1 million pesos, because in the Philippines, they use pesos. What? <laughs> this always, I have a hard time with it as well. But yeah, like, uh, despite being islands in Asia, uh, they were controlled by Spain for a long time. So they do have like a, a, some surprising Spanish national character. That's really, I've never heard that in my life. Because people will say, like, are Filipinos Latino? And that's on on its face a ridiculous question. But right. on the other hand, possibly yes. Okay. <laughs> um, Had so, no idea. Oh, uh, in the – just as a little brush with uh, elsewhere Filipino history. So after Spain – like, we kick Spain out and then we're like, this is ours now. Uh, which, like, I guess – like – it's weird with Puerto Rico, but Puerto Rico is like here kind of close. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like the Philippines is far away away. But it, at some point we're like, this is all ours. We control it. Uh, and so I think that this might have been like after they are technically letting – probably like Ferdinand Marcos. Ferdinand Marcos is trying to put down a communist rebellion in, in the Philippines. And the rebels have control – of an area that uh, is very advantageous for them, and we want to get them out of that area. So they call in the uh, the CIA guy that's heading the psyops for uh, for Mark. Like you know, the CIA is on the ground helping Marcos to uh, to control these rebels. And their big idea, which worked to a T, was I know we'll make them think there's vampires around. Okay, they like wait for the rebels to go out on a patrol. They ambush the patrol. They kill one of the dudes. Uh, fucking give him two puncture marks in his neck. Drain his body of all the blood and put it back on the trail for the rest of them to find. What? Absolutely. How is this not all we're talking about today? Because <laughs> I mean, that's the end of that story. That we is got the most much more details. Cocaine for... idea I've ever heard. Totally worked. Like the CIA is just like, dude. I, the, got, I got it. <laughs> all, all the they you got to understand the enemy and Filipinos what? at this time were big time superstitious and the rebels were big time superstitious. So they were, and there's like it was a local legend. Like they have they have their own word for like this kind of Filipino vampire. Is it S Wong? I don't know how the CIA used S Wong or As Wong to win. <laughs> That's this is the craziest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> 
So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they'd spread rumors, too, before. Like, they'd seeded the ground, right. you know, of being like, hey, I uh, heard there's a vampire in the area. And uh, then, then when I see the body, they're like, fuck, dude, there is a vampire in the area. We got to get out of here. I'm not sticking around for fucking vampire times. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, so the CIA convinced the rebels are vampires. But anyway, back to, back to the Pepsi. Um, they've got this campaign. Uh, the campaign could not be going better. Uh, the president of Pepsi claims that uh, half of the country is playing um, Pepsi's monthly sales. Uh, increased from uh, 10 million to 14 million, and their expenditures that they're like giving out in prizes like 700,000. So ROI, yeah, Pepsi's just fucking banking cash every month. And uh, the prizes, there's like you know, wide range of prizes, but the big one is 1 million pesos, and uh, 1 million pesos is 50 times the average national salary. Okay, so you know, working for 50 years now. Here's an important fact to keep in mind. It's also equivalent to $40,000. Yeah. So uh, all the numbers in this story, you have to do a lot of mental adjusting <laughs> because... The cost of living is low, though. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. uh, that the average person in the Philippines earns less than $1,000 a year. Uh, so... These big prizes, they're, they're going to make a big difference. Uh, there was 17 or 18 people that won the million pesos. And this started in February. And uh, it was supposed to run through uh, beginning of May. And so just in that short amount of time, they're making 17 people that don't have to work pretty much again. You know, you, you get 50 years annual salary. You're probably not uh, keeping your job, or at least I wouldn't. Um, then you'd have time to research 9-11. <laughs> uh, and so the... Uh, Got all, all kinds of stuff happening. Like a, a maid went to jail for stealing a winning cap Ooh. from a, a family. I remember those stories like as it related to the McDonald's Monopoly game. Yeah. It was always yeah. like Which, When's that movie crime. coming out? Didn't we get like Matt Damon in yeah, the Yeah, Ben Affleck like bought it after that, uh, that big article, right? Yeah. Pandemic hurt that one? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I was looking. I really would like more details on this. Uh, but it, it says two Pepsi salespeople were murdered in a dispute over a winning cap. And I would, I have a feeling that if I learned the details there, they would be very interesting. But uh, I don't. Uh, all most of this comes from a Bloomberg article. I read a bunch of other stuff, but it seemed to me like all of those were just people who had also read the Bloomberg article trying to summarize it in their own way. And I was just thinking about that. Of like, Bloomberg sent a person to the Philippines to like just walk around the Philippines, like finding all the people who like in 1992 were involved with this and talked firsthand to a number of them. And like all of that was worth it to Bloomberg because then people buy, do they sell a magazine? I don't fucking know. I got a TV station too, don't they? They do. I, I don't really know. It seems like this is kind of a passion project uh, wing of the Bloomberg operation, right? Yeah, I guess. I they got I I love I love stuff like that. Obviously, you know, we're fucking talking about it. Um, but uh, you know, uh, it's, it's it's surprising to me that anyone thinks that that pencils out like a ticket to the Philippines. And I mean, I guess room and board is probably cheap. I doubt that they've closed the gap yeah, that much. And you might have like you might just have a freelancer. Yeah. You know, they're just there already. I don't and they, think you so. Say like, all right, here's Maybe. a grand. 
yeah, or two yeah. grand or something like that, and you take care of it that way. But I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, so I'd, I'd love to know more about the salespeople being murdered, but we're getting a surprising amount of on-the-ground reporting from the Philippines already, so asking for more seems far-fetched. Um, but uh, so they, they – I contest is supposed to end on May 5th. Contest is going so well that they're like, fuck it, dude. Roll back the contest. Keep the contest going. And on May 25th, uh, they announce a winning number of uh, 349. And so, like I said, to this point, there's been 17 people who've won the big prize. Uh, you've just got like, you know, a couple people that are uh, are winning every time. Um, and uh, on, on May 25th, when they announced 349, uh, they made a boo-boo. <laughs> Okay. There were 600,000 caps in circulation with 349. <laughs> They're talking about bankrupting the company. The uh, the outlay if they had paid off those caps was $32 billion. And the, the, suddenly the Philippines has like a top 10 GDP or something. <laughs> yeah, because Pepsi gave it to them. Right, him. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they, they'd been, they budgeted to spend like $2 million total dollars on the whole contest. And through this error, now we're out $32 billion. Uh, what had happened was <laughs> they, they had like a, a list of numbers that you could print as many as you want. And this was under the old contest. Whenever they started the contest, they were like, these numbers will make sure that they never win. So you can just, you know, print a bunch of caps with these numbers and it will be no big deal. Um, and then whenever they did the new contest, I don't know if they were like computers were hypothetically involved somewhere, but it's 1992. So it also just could have been a guy fucking picking a number. Mm -hmm. Like there was definitely a process by which like an accounting firm picked a number that was sent in a safe to the Philippines and like a member of the gaming commission, a member of Pepsi, both had to have a key. Like it's the goddamn nuclear code. Yep. Like there's all that going on. But as far as which number gets put into that box, um, I don't know if the computer missed it or if just a person missed it, but someone was supposed to go through this list of uh, the numbers that we've said aren't going to win, and they just missed the 349 was on that list. Big miss. It was a big miss. So you got people showing up at the factory that night, <laughs> <laughs> gathering in big numbers. Uh, people on the ground at Pepsi know the Pepsi in the Philippines, they're like, this is disaster this is very bad so they they got the chilean national who works in new york that uh is in charge of this whole thing they're like boss what do we do uh but he's not picking up because uh he's on a yacht with some bottlers of course uh schmoozing the bottlers and uh can't be reached so there's just a mob outside the fucking philippines bottling plant and uh this guy's just not picking up his phone and so they they got no idea what's going on um the police show up to break things up then and like, you know, uh, there's certainly some unrest, but, uh, you know, it, it ends. Um, there's a guy who's a, a preacher that had written an op-ed previously being like, guys, this is gambling and gambling is wrong. But his daughter had a 349 cap, so he's doubtful. <laughs> It's funny and, how that uh, works. And he, you know, he's he's a natural born leader. So he's like, let's start taking names. Ever in here who's got a 349 cap? Like, you, you see my person right here? Fucking, we're getting you down. We're getting a class action lawsuit going. Like, we're I'm going to coordinate the interests of the, the 349ers. Uh, and so he remains, you know, like kind of the key figure in that movement. Um, but there's all kinds of other people that are like, 
you give me a thousand dollars, I'll let you in on my three forty nine lawsuit. Oh, we're Ponziing this thing now. There's people buying the caps. Like you got a three forty nine, I'll give you fucking hundred bucks for it right now. And then you, know, you at least get you something get forty thousand later if you're the holder of the cap. But you might also might lose your shirt. You might make a hundred bucks when you could have made nothing. Classic uh, dinar situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a few episodes in, by the way. What on blowback? Uh, yeah, nice, nice, love it. Um, and uh, so yeah, so there's this whole fucking cottage industry around these three forty nine caps. Uh, the guy who started the class action lawsuit and uh, took down all the names, like it is, is agitating for the uh, the interests of the three forty niners. Uh, shortly after he starts his thing, Coke gives him ten thousand pesos to just uh, hey, keep going, keep fighting the good fight. I love it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, Coca Cola is just fueling this whole thing, um, and so as things go along, this all happens in May. In November. Bill Clinton makes a state visit and there's mass demonstrations to try to get Bill to put pressure on Pepsi to pay out the 349 claims. Like they're burning bottles of Pepsi, like big, like, uh, you know, fucking paper mache bottles of Pepsi in effigy. I love it. For Bill Clinton's state visit. I love it. Uh, I don't think it was that state visit, but I was I was seeing if I could find any pictures of that because, boy, wouldn't that be cool to see fucking Bill Clinton next to the burning Pepsi bottle? Um, I think he might have been a Pepsi guy. Was he? Well, maybe not. I just know. There's 92 is also uh, one of the worst years for Pepsi, juju-wise, of all time. That was Crystal Pepsi launched mm. in 92. Is that when Mike got burned? It's not when he got burned, but it's when he had the first canceled tour dates due to allegations that he might have been touching kids. That's tough. And uh, there was a big hoax going around that people were finding syringes in their Pepsi cans. Man. I miss good, like, 80s and 90s hoaxes. Oh, I know it, dude. Like, You'd think was, it'd be easier with Twitter. Yeah, but I just think people's bullshit detector is so much more heightened now, which sounds crazy to say. Like you, hate of, you hate to see it. Of, quote, fake news and the everything. The strength of schedule is scaled up. For sure. The modern kids, they're fucking brushing aside. Yeah. Hoax. <laughs> syringe, it's too bad. A syringe in a soda can, which would, like, grip the nation for weeks. Yeah. So <laughs> that, was, that was what's going on with Pepsi as they're trying to fucking tamp down revolt in the Philippines. Well, what ended up happening? So the people remain mad throughout the time. Yes. And they start tossing Molotovs at Pepsi. Trucks. Okay. Uh, like there's demonstrations all the time and they get fucking rowdy. Uh, someone throws a homemade bomb at a Pepsi truck, bounces off the truck, kills a fucking school teacher and a five-year-old. Uh, there's another fucking uh, re like revolt at a Pepsi factory. Dude tosses a grenade into the Pepsi factory, kills three people. So we got fucking bodies off this fucking Pepsi thing. All over mad numbers? Or yeah, numbers fever. Numbers fever. I would say that this has reached a numbers fever uh, yeah. pitch. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, they named it the right thing. Yes. Uh, in, it does mix in with uh, – there was a, a very uh, – uh, the election that Trump wouldn't have felt great about like a month before. So like the, the, the feeling in the Philippines, like it's like if in like December of 2020, fucking <laughs> this has happened in our country, you know, like there's just a lot of people upset with the system. Yeah. Uh, right or wrong. You know, they uh, they don't feel like they got a, uh, a fair, a fair deal on this. Um, but yeah, so things make their way through the courts. Uh, I think it, the, I saw a number that, uh, 
22,000 people were involved in lawsuits against Pepsi in the Philippines. Uh, they tried, the, the Del Fiero, the preacher, um, tried to get New York to take it up, and they were like, no, you, this is to be settled by the Philippines. Uh, the initial court ruling was that Pepsi didn't owe them anything for the contest, but for moral damages, had to pay ever announced them. Oh, uh, Pepsi, their like initial reaction was, we'll give you uh, 500 pesos right now. Anyone who's got a, a three four nine cap, and like that's it. I think it's. Let me make sure it was pesos, because it's obviously a big difference between five hundred pesos, five hundred dollars. Yeah, there's no way it was five hundred dollars. They're not no paying idea. everyone half of the median yeah, 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 income. Yeah. Five hundred pesos. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so the the initial thing says. Uh, or the initial court ruling is that uh, you don't know anything for the caps, but because of the way this whole fucking fiasco has gone down, um, they owe you uh, 10,000 pesos each uh, for, you know, moral damages or whatever. By the time you get to the Supreme Court, they're like, they don't even know you that. The The ultimate upshot is Pepsi owes, owes you nothing. No one fucking won against Pepsi. And I think I you'd love to know all of this is like, you're viewing it through the lens of one reporter who's like trying to figure out what's going on in the Philippines. Like, uh, you know, we could be missing some very important details, but uh, the the big explosive bombshell in my mind for the the stuff related to the court case is that the uh, Philippine FBI. Their assessment of the violence was that this was organized, calculated violence with three men at the top, that they're getting together and like trying to set up cells to get people to throw Molotovs at Pepsi trucks. And one of the guys flips and says like, you know, I, I feel bad about this, didn't want people to die. Um, and so let, let me tell you how it really went down. And this one dude who could be lying, his account is that these three dudes are sitting down in a meeting with fucking head of Pepsi security. And the Pepsi security is like, you know what would be a great way to delegitimize these protesters? Have them get Some violence. little violence. So he's saying that Pepsi is telling them, throw Molotovs at Pepsi trucks, then the whole group's going to look bad and we're not going to have to pay out $32 billion. I 100% believe that. Yeah. So if that's all true, then like in the courts, you got to slit like then it's fucking it's blood on Pepsi sands. I don't really understand why the tone or tenor of the protest would have changed the court ruling. I mean, obviously, it affects court of public opinion, but I that doesn't Who knows how the Philippine courts work. Dude. That's a good point. I don't really have any idea. Also, our courts are certainly heavily affected by the court of public opinion. That's true, too. I guess I'm asking for, you know what? I was just asking for OJ what, a, reason, what a reasonable person would say. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. You'll never find one of those in a courtroom. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. Yeah. Uh, the husband of the school teacher who got killed, like within fucking days of her being killed, he's fucking squirreled into the Pepsi, you know, absconded to the Pepsi offices and they're, they're uh, pushing him hard. Like, we got some money for you right now. And if you take that, you're not suing us. And in the moment, he was like, fuck off. And then he went back to his family. He's like, yeah, dude, I told him to fuck off. And his family's like, what? She's already gone. <laughs> and so it was uh, $3,400. I think it's dollars there. 
Um, oh yeah, that's a, that's a inflation adjusted. So thirty four hundred dollars in today's dollars was how the figure was quoted in the story um, to uh, to not sue Pepsi for the uh, the wrongful death of uh, his, his school teacher wife. Well, I mean, imagine that being like one hundred and twenty k in America today. Like if you're thinking about what like the average income is, I mean, I don't know that that would get it done in America because maybe we just have a much more tortuous society. I mean, society, for me, it's just like, do I think I can get more from, right. uh, by suing? And probably there and you obviously think Obviously no. Pepsi thinks that I can. Well, that's <laughs> or else true they too. they wouldn't be fucking worried about this. That's true too. Um I don't know. But that's I mean, a fantastic like, story. <laughs> yeah, dude. Just uh, I know that we always like like there's there's the the way of thinking about multinational corporations that the multinational corporations want you to engage in, where like you think about them as like Michael Jackson, the good one, not the pedo one, and uh, fun times and the Super Bowl. But like also they have security forces that are fomenting unrest in foreign countries so that they don't have to pay for their fucking dumb contests that didn't work. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's a wilder world out there than, than we might uh, realize at first glance. And it's interesting too, because obviously there is, uh, or there are things like black cube, mm -hmm. but also, uh, it's really weird that some companies, and I, I presume this is what Pepsi was doing. Maybe not, but I'm, I would imagine some companies do this, like that they handle it in house. So like, if you go to a dinner party, you're like, Oh, I work for PepsiCo. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, the drink company. Cool. Yeah, yeah get, you can get that at Taco Bell and Pizza Hut, all the yum foods places. I, you know, he assassinates people. <laughs> that's the crazy part about it is like yeah. you can totally just work for normal company. Yeah, yeah, I work, at, uh, I work at Pizza Hut. We tortured some folks. <laughs> I engage in extraordinary rendition for a soft drink company. <laughs> they, uh, they did pull every single American out of Pepsi except the story notes there was one American who stayed. Because uh, he had a Pepsi Beirut experience. What does that mean? Like he'd been working for Pepsi in Beirut during the fucking Lebanese Civil War. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, uh, yeah, dude, I can take this. No big deal. <laughs> and like, dude, like you're saying, what's his job? Didn't say the story. What's he do? Why is he he's in Beirut in the Pepsi Philippines? Pepsi Beirut experience. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, just It says that in the story. They pulled out every American except for one. And the reason they didn't pull him out was because he he, he knows Pepsi war zones. That's that's insane. But I'm going to have a tough time forgetting that vampire thing. It's like the lead <laughs> I need to know a lot more about that now. Yeah, uh, there was a the uh, it was only a couple pages in the book, but it was a, a whenever I was trying to find out more about it myself. Uh, there was a, a book in Google Books that came that came up. You might want to just read the whole fucking book. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff about the the CIA. I think that that chapter was on the Philippines, and like that page was on vampires. And I, I think that they had much more about the Philippines elsewhere. Uh, like they were talking about like the guy the guy that came up with the what if we make them think it's vampires? Uh, like the account in the book was he's looking around at all this. And he can see, no problem, that, like, Marcos is worse than the rebels. Like, the, he's, he's not fighting for freedom. He's fighting for the guy who's friendly towards America's right to keep torturing people. But he's just like, well, you know, I didn't sign up for the fucking CIA to, you know, do something else. This, I do what the CIA does. This is not like – I'm trying to think of, like, a soft way to put this because certainly uh, if somebody was from a different part of the world and a different culture looking at our country, they would look at it and say, like, boy, I can't believe they think that. But it would be a cool job 
it, to be in the CIA and to just like look at the entire world and the cultures and the, the mytho- mythological underpinnings of it and be like, dude, this will work. They believe this. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, like you travel the world over and you're like, no, seriously, vampires. Yeah, just tell them it's vampires. And like you know tomorrow. there's something like this in every other country they've meddled in where they're like, dude, they believe this. There's some they could they could run you out of the paint somehow. Oh, I'm sure they could. Uh, I saw a TikTok of a dude who was being haunted, and if I had what happened to him in that video happen, you let's you we we got like your wife uh, hasn't even left to go get your kid. We I got time she to watch. Walked out. That's what that sound was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So but she's just going down the street. I know, but it means that me she's not down already. Uh, let's see if I can find it. The thing is that it's gonna be it's gonna make you turn it sideways. Um. So this is going to be kind of hard for you to see. But yeah, look at that chair. Look at that chair. Just separate door flies open. <laughs> yeah, the lady says no. Uh, the fucking uh, the door flies open, then a knife flies back across the room, kind of in her direction, hits him in the head. Guys, he's got a picture here of a flesh wound. Come on, dude. <laughs> he's made it. Look, dude, that guy's fucking head. His whole get, get his, that done in a spirit Halloween. <laughs> his whole account is just like stuff like this after stuff like this. So like. Definitely, you're right. You're right. Like that, you could stage all that. Like you could have like fucking ropes under the thing, or yes. trying to like, you know, uh, pull the chair. Because just to make sure everyone listening got with it, there was a chair that's like it's moving uh, while she while there's there's a, it's a woman in a kitchen. She's not looking at the chair. It starts to move. She kind of turns being around filmed by like a ring camera. It's not like they just if you're thinking, well, they just set this camera up to stage this. Because this has been happening. There's you know, thirty videos. Of uh, this guy, his whole account, it's an old guy that got a TikTok account to document the fact that his house is being haunted. And so there's like a lot of these. And all of them, like it's not impossible, you know, I mean like whatever. They make fucking movies, you know, like you, you could stage all this stuff. But like, uh, I don't know. He doesn't come across in the videos like a guy who's fucking real sharp and staging stuff. Like, you know, he's got no fucking That's how you know how sharp he is. <laughs> I, I guess so. Um, but yeah, dude. You don't if, believe in ghosts. That'll, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, last thing I'll leave you with. I think I just said the other thing was the last thing. But this is this is really the last thing. Whenever we uh, had our audience with Godfrey, we watched, we watched the movie, me and Jorts. And uh, then we ask him questions about the movie pretty much. And it's certainly like about like showbiz or whatever, you know, the, the whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last question, uh, everything gets quiet for a second. George just looks at him, hits him with, you think there's aliens? <laughs> Godfrey's like, oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> That's gives, uh, gives his whole thing. He's nothing like, about the exchange you just recounted to me is surprising. It was so great. He's like, you know, they're of the government, but they're above the government. Or he said they're in conversation with the government, but of they're course. above the government. Yeah. Uh, and I think that he and Jordan both coalesced around the idea that uh, the uh, the nuclear tests were a real trigger. For, yeah. For the brought aliens. them out. Brought yeah, them out. Yeah. yeah. That's why, you know, I mean, like Roswell's in the same state as Los Alamos. Yep. 
Uh, it has nothing to do with simply the fact that there's desert there. <laughs> most of the most of the testing happened in Nevada, where's Area 51. Uh-huh. Also, Nevada. nothing to do with the fact that there's just desert there. I like this theory. Just saying. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.